0: Hey, this is Rondé Barber, former Virginia Cavalier, now Class of 2023, Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Welcome to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show. I'm Chris Graham, the co-host with the Hall of Famer, Jerry Ratcliffe. We're going to talk a lot of UVA sports, focusing on football. Virginia, another disappointing loss uh, this past Saturday, a 27-24 loss at Boston College. Virginia led 21-7 at halftime, could not close the deal. Uh, I believe I read today, that's the sixth loss in the Tony Elliott era of, th- uh, was it six points or less? Three points or less, Jerry? Three points or less. Three points or three less. Points or less. So you know, so instead of three and 12, which is what his record is now as the Virginia head coach, I mean, you, you know, hey, if things go in the right direction, he could be nine and, we'll be nine and six right now. So, I mean, big swing there with just a one play meaning so much of a, uh, meaning so much of these games. Jerry, um what was uh, what was on Coach Elliott's mind today? Today being Tuesday, it's press conference day. Weekly press conference day. Looking ahead to women Mary this weekend. What what was on his mind as he was addressing the media today? I think the
1: main thing Chris was that he was trying to just stay positive and keep the team positive. Um, he's a big believer in Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and takes a lot of inspiration from those guys. And um, said he was reading Kobe. Uh, last night or this morning and uh kobe was talking about uh, it doesn't matter if you win or lose you go back to work the next day and that's what he's trying to emphasize to this team is you know they've lost a bunch of close games mostly by shooting themselves in the foot but uh that you don't uh just throw in the towel you go back to work and Try to fix what you can and and go back out and play football uh, and practice hard. And, you know, a lot of times you win games in practice just by getting your fundamentals and techniques and and assignments right so that when you do play in a game, that comes more naturally. So I think that's where the focus is this week, Chris, and just trying to break into the win column, snap the losing streak. Um get a little confidence under the belts and, and see where it takes them.
0: So maybe starting at the top, uh the, the big news going into last week was uh, whether or not Tony Musket would finally get that second start. He got injured at the in the fourth quarter of the uh, the loss in week one to Tennessee. Anthony Calandry, the true freshman, started the next three games. Musket did get the start last week and You know, what's interesting is uh, put up similar numbers, I think, uh, pretty much uh, very consistent numbers with what Calandria put up the previous three weeks. Uh, Very good first half, maybe not as good in the second half. Offense fizzled in the second half and that 27-24 loss. But what were Coach Elliott's impressions of uh, Tony Musket, you know, finally getting a chance to see him back out there?
1: Well, he was impressed with with Musket and how he responded to – you know not uh, say missing three games in a row due to his shoulder injury and um uh, i think they were anxious to see how would he how he would perform against a, an opponent somewhat less than tennessee and how he would take the physical part of it you know he, having been banged up in that opening game uh, would he shy away from contact or would he be aggressive and and they were impressed that he was aggressive and uh, ran the ball for yardage and took some hits, um, so I you know I, I think they were overall pleased with his performance. Although they couldn't have liked that second half very much when things broke down. Uh, the first half he was sixteen of twenty one for two hundred eighteen yards passing and three touchdowns, and in the second half it was quite the opposite. He was six of thirteen for twenty nine yards and. Um, I mean, what a letdown that was in, in terms of completely two different halves, and the fact that they couldn't run the football again, uh, not only hurt them in that area, but it also took away from the passing game because BC decided they didn't wait till halftime to make adjustments. I, I remember something that Al Grove told me a long time ago the guy was always spouting off knowledge from. From his NFL career. And uh, he said, you know, he said he laughs when he hears TV announcers talk about halftime adjustments. He said, well, hell, if you wait till a halftime to make adjustments, you've already lost the game. So um, it, still, you can make halftime adjustments, but you better not wait until then. And uh, Boston College certainly didn't. They made adjustments uh, there in the first quarter when they decided to turn up the heat on Musket, try to make him uncomfortable. And I think they did that, particularly in the second half, uh, and some in the second quarter. Um, I mean, that, that Virginia's only real movement in that second quarter was the Hail Mary pass for a touchdown right before uh, halftime. So, um, you know, that that takes away the play action, Um and it makes you a very one-dimensional football team. And once you become one-dimensional, it's it's really hard to win against an opponent that's equal to or maybe slightly better than you are.
0: The offensive line, once again, struggling. The uh, run game, you mentioned um, less than 100 sack-adjusted yards. I think it was 95 sack-adjusted yards rushing. Uh, um, Musket was sacked five times. Um, he was pressured on just under half of his dropbacks. Uh, he actually did well. I mean, you look at the numbers; he actually did well in those those pass dropbacks. In fact, all three of his touchdown passes came under pressure, and the one interception came when he had a clean pocket. Kind of weird how that is, but um, but uh, the line. I mean, you know, you look at the the Pro Football Focus grades for the linemen. Once again, nobody you know really standing out. I think the highest number was in the upper fifties. Uh, a couple guys uh, struggling down in the twenties and thirties for their grades for the week on a scale of zero to one hundred. Uh, you know, this has been a, a common theme, not just this year, the last couple of years with Coach Elliott. Um, uh, I know he had a lot to say about this because this is a focal point for this team, but kind of, you know, t- share share some of his thinking uh, on how they can improve there. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think he's frustrated as well. And, and I think that, uh, you know, he said sometimes some of the bad passes are, are not really always to be placed upon the, the blame to be placed upon the offensive line. Sometimes the quarterback makes bad decisions or holds onto the ball too long. And, and that, that certainly occurred as well. But um, I think, you know, he'd like to have more offensive linemen so they can rotate more guys in there, build some depth. Um, you know, and if part of your offensive line is out of sync, the the, the whole offensive line is essentially out of sync and, he realizes that in order for them to get a running game, that the O-line has to come through, and they just haven't been able to do that for the most part. Uh, I know in, in some cases, like against NC State and Boston College, uh, both of those defensive fronts were pretty much loading the tackle box, and you know, if you've got six guys in to block, they rush seven. If you've got seven guys in, they rush eight. So they're trying to overpower you at the line of scrimmage and shut off the running lanes and force you to be one-dimensional, which Boston College certainly did. Um, but the offense, Chris, uh, they're 125th in the country out of 130 teams that are qualifying for stats. Um, it's only 79 yards a game and 2.17 yards per carry. I mean, gosh, Chris. In five games, they've only rushed for a combined total of three hundred and seventeen yards. I mean, there's been some games in the past where Virginia had that many yards rushing in one game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So you know, they're they're putting themselves under a, a, immense pressure just because they can't establish the line of scrimmage and can't run the football. And like I said, that when that makes you one-dimensional, the defense can come after your quarterback with their ears pinned back and force him into bad throws and and uh, all sorts of catastrophic things. So it's no secret they need to improve line play, and and I guess the only way you can do that at this point is just uh, more reps. Um, try to f- fix things through film study and and working on tech. Techniques and execution, and there's not a whole lot else you can do. I mean, it's not like you can go out and trade trade your offensive line for another one. Um, so you know they they've got to live with what they got, and right now those guys are struggling to get the job done. Now maybe maybe they'll have a little bit more success this weekend against an FCS school, but uh, remains to be seen.
0: Even that one-dimensional team two years ago, uh, Robert and I, uh, that offense that, uh, you know, averaged 500-plus yards a game and Brandon Armstrong threw for four and 4.5, that team still ran for 123.2 yards per game. Um, even with uh, Anai, I think uh, I did the math one at once and it was around 70% of his play calls were passes, and they still ran for 123.2 yards per game. So, yeah, that, that puts into perspective. Um,
1: Which he's still uh, doing at NC State this season.
0: Yeah, 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 even with – yeah. Uh oh! By the way, did you see the news? Uh, Brennan Armstrong losing the starting job down there. Um, they're going back to the the guy from last year, one of the freshmen from last year, MJ Morris. Uh, I mean, not surprising. Brennan's been struggling down there, but uh, we saw that ourselves in person a couple weeks ago. But um, boy, that's not what anybody expected when uh, he reunited with uh, with Coach and I down there.
1: No, uh, you know, I've had my my doubts about Armstrong and his ability to. Adjust to other offenses. And, but I, you know, I felt like that once he, like you said, reunited with Robert and I, that, you know, those two guys were on the same page a couple of seasons ago. And, um, uh, it just hasn't clicked down there either. I, I, I think this offense is a lot like, um, Anai's early offense at Virginia before they had many playmakers on the team. Some of us were talking about that. Earlier today, after Virginia's practice, and um, but I, you know, I, I, I just sensed that there was something askew with Armstrong last season, Um, even the year before when he was having such great numbers. uh, I rode over in the van from the media parking lot to the Scott Stadium with uh, some NFL scouts on two or three occasions and they were all down on Armstrong. They didn't like the way he threw the ball. Didn't like his mechanics. uh, Wasn't real crazy about how he read defenses. And so, um, you know, last year kind of revealed some of that where he was missing his targets by 10 yards, underthrown, overthrown. And these guys were wide open and, um, he's doing the same thing this season. So, uh, NC State fans, I think, uh, I know he was booed. Uh, I listened to the Louisville game on my drive back from Atlanta last Friday night, and uh, he was getting booed by the NC State fans for uh, missing receivers and throwing untimely interceptions. And, again, I don't think it's all his fault. I don't think he has the weapons that he had here in uh, 2021, and uh, their offensive line – is almost as woeful as Virginia's, so uh, he's on the run a lot. But I, I still um, don't think that Armstrong is a is an NFL quarterback, and I think it's it's shown it's revealed itself. Looking for a great dining
0: experience in Charlottesville? Look no further than the Aberdeen Barn. The barn has been family owned and operated since 1965, with Terry and Angela providing great atmosphere and mouth-watering food at Virginia's Big Time Steakhouse. Enjoy the fine dining or relax in the sportsmen's Bar, a fantastic place to wind down and socialize, surrounded by flat screen televisions, tuned to the latest sporting events. You never know who you might bump into at the Aberdeen Barn, where all the greatest Cavaliers have dined over the decades and keep coming back for the delicious menu and good times. Check it out online at AberdeenBarn.com or call 434-296-4630.
1: This is Chris Slade, former University of Virginia, defensive end,
0: graduate of 1993, back on the staff at UVA, excited to be back coaching on my old stomping grounds. You're listening to the Jerry Ratcliffe Show getting back to virginia uh will go to the defensive side of things uh you know well, first half uh in the boston college loss uh bc had 120 yards of offense big second half though for bc and that's been sort of a theme this year except for the nc state game virginia the defense played great both halves of that game the 24-21 loss a couple of Fridays ago but uh uh in this bc game bc ended up running for over 200 yards 162 of that on the ground in the second half and not only uh you know the lack of depth once again rearing its head there, but then a couple more guys go down to injury. I mean you know this is you know it's 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 a walking wounded unit right now and and it, you know like you said above the offensive line, you can't just go out and you know trade for guys or sign guys off a of waiver wire. you got what you got. and uh, so what's what are, what's Tony working on to address that him and coach Rudd to address that on the defensive side?
1: Yeah, they uh obviously they lost Cam Butler for the rest of the season with a I guess a shoulder surgery and um uh they had a couple other guys injured in the BC game, uh, freshman Dre Walker um uh, is going to miss this week's game and so is uh, Malcolm Green the defensive back transfer from Clemson uh who was in that violent collision with uh the O'Keefe kid from bc that already was carried off the field in a stretcher and good to see a report on him that he's uh, he was back on campus on sunday morning released from uh, mass general up there uh in precautionary measures he had a neck injury of some sort but uh nothing uh life threatening so great to see that um so walker and green will not be available this week and of course Butler's gone for the season. Um, they hope to get back uh, Akira and um, Ben Smiley this week and uh, and maybe Lex Long. I think he's uh, a little banged up with his foot. So uh, they, they may get a few guys back for the William and Mary game. And, uh, again, I think it's, uh, you know, they're just going to have to uh, – bear down and and try to figure out ways to shut down the run because that's uh, William & Mary's strength for sure, even though they lost their top running back to injury, uh, I think a shoulder injury uh, game before last. Uh, But they rushed for over 300 yards against Elon last Saturday and lost 16-14, to giving up uh, two touchdowns in the fourth, late in the last five minutes, I believe, of that game. Um, so I, I was talking to uh, uh, Aaron Famuyi today, uh, after practice, and, and he was talking about how that they're focusing on that really hard this week. Um, uh, I mean, uh, it's right there in front of you what William and Mary is going to try to do that. I think they only, if I'm not mistaken, their quarterback had some pretty abysmal numbers passing against Elon something something for the whole game like Musket's second half. I think um, he
0: threw for thirty seven yards in that game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I yeah. know. And, uh, and completed only like half his not even half his passes, I don't think. Something like six of fifteen or something. But uh um you know they women Mary's kind of made itself one dimensional. So unless they come out and, and change things drastically uh, Virginia has to stop the run, plain and simple. And if they don't, they could be in for a long day. I don't think William & Mary is going to beat them throwing the football. So it's up to that front seven to find ways to shut down the running lanes and and uh, try to force William & Mary to throw it.
0: Yeah, that one, they, they might be one dimensional, but Wayman Mary's one dimension is one that is uh, a weakness for the Virginia defense, unfortunately. Exactly. <laughs> it's uh that's not a good thing there. So, um, yeah, Wayman Mary, yeah, they, with the loss last week, and, and I think there's pressure on Wayman Mary now, you know, and it used to be that you know, FCS teams like Wayman Mary, they were number five in the country going into last week. Uh, they were a FCS quarterfinalist a year ago, won 11 games. It used to be that, you know teams like that in contention for an FCS playoff berth. Oh, okay, they lost to it, it, if if they were to lose this weekend, for example, to Virginia, that would be kind of written off. Like, well, you lost to a FBS team. They don't write those off anymore when they're considering those uh, those playoff berths when they're given out at the end of the year. So, uh, I mean, they they need a win here, and uh, as much as anything else, um, uh, and, uh, and and certainly for Virginia. I mean, they've been so close. The Cavs have been so close the last uh, couple weeks. Certainly, the two three-point losses, uh, the loss to Wade, uh, to James Madison. I mean, easily this zero five team could be. They're, they're obviously three plays away from being three and two. Um, what's the sense? I, I know Coach Elliott addressed this a bit today. A sense of the mood of the team. Zero and five can be frustrating. Obviously, three and twelve and two seasons can be frustrating um does he still have the locker room confidence uh, you know confidence with the guys that they can go out there and turn things around
1: yeah he does uh before i get into that uh just looking back at my notes that you know virginia's run defense that we were just discussing is ranked 109 in the country uh they're giving up 178 yards per game that's way too much and uh 4.65 yards per carry that's uh it's almost a first down ever two rushes so um, that's uh, that, that's just something you can't do, and <clears throat> and uh, William and Mary's uh, number one in the FCS, Chris, in total defense, giving up only 200 yards a game, and number two in the country in, in the FCS in scoring defense, giving up only uh, 10 points a game, but or uh, 10 and a half points a game, but. Uh yeah, I, I don't think he's lost the locker room at all. I think these guys um realize that they've been their worst own enemy. Uh talking to Famui, he, he was talking about how that they have continued to do uh you know, some dumb things at the worst possible time in terms of penalties or or, or things of that nature and and uh, helping the other team in the most critical moments of games. So um, I believe that talking to him and, and the coaches, uh, I, th- I think they believe that they can still pull something out this season. I, and uh, I, I, walked, uh, I walked from the facility, out of the facility with Des Kitchens, the offensive coordinator, and and he was talking about, you know, just one win if we can just get one win under our belt and try to get some momentum and change some things around, give these guys some confidence, uh, need a little spark. So I, I don't think anybody's giving up or throwing in the towel. I think they're pretty determined to, to try to, um, uh, you know, fight to the end, at least at this point. And, I, you know, I, I th- they're not overconfident playing an FCS team because we've seen FCS teams beat FBS teams uh, fairly regular uh, the last several years, but uh, Virginia has has won 11 of the last 12 against William & Mary, and the last time they played in 2021, Virginia won 43 to nothing. a A lot of things have changed for both programs since that year, but I would think that this is Virginia's best shot to win a football game. Not their only remaining shot, but certainly their best shot.
0: Yeah. When you look at Georgia Tech losing at home to Bowling Green by double digits, that's a a game that, you know, Virginia could, could have a chance to win. A Virginia Tech team that even though Tech was able to beat Pitt this past weekend, just has two wins on the season. So that, you know, and that game's in Charlottesville. That's a, that's a, I win a bowl game, but then there, there's, I mean, the schedule's also tough with Duke and Carolina and Louisville and Miami. Uh, who am I leaving out there? The, the tech, uh, the, yeah, there's.
1: That's it, yeah. Yeah,
0: so that's, it's, it's, um, but this would be a chance to get a win and then, right, go into a bye week, um, which would be nice uh, to let that, to let a win linger for a little bit of time. And that yeah. would have to color the bye week in a really positive way. And, a, a, of course, also, I mean, a behind the scenes thing, you wouldn't, you know, fans wouldn't see this. But as the coaches uh, spread out because after after this game, they'll they'll fan out and, and hit the recruiting trail hard again for the for a little bit of time there. Uh, you know, give them a little bit more pep in the step as they're out meeting with coaches and players uh, on the on the prep trails uh, as well. So, I mean, for a lot of reasons, not just that first win, this this could be a, a really big one if Virginia's able to pull it off
1: yeah they, and they, you know to stop the bleeding it would uh, show people that at least there's some hope of of winning a couple more games down the stretch that you know, it, it, it it doesn't hurt you in recruiting if you can pull off a win either they especially now because they they just had a decommitment from uh, wide receiver Christian Zachary from down in South carolina he Decommitted, uh, announced that yesterday, and looks like he's going to flip to NC State. He visited there this past weekend. So, yeah, you you want to, if you're going to go on the recruiting tra- trail, it's good to have a win in your hip pocket when you walk into the schools or family homes and, um, and try to, uh, you know, show people that you you're capable of getting a win, uh, as opposed to going in with a uh, with the, the nation's second-longest losing streak because, uh, you know, people are going to ask about that.
0: Yeah, this is the first 0-5 start to a season for Virginia since 1982, George Walsh's first season. The current losing streak's at eight games. That's the longest since 2013, uh, the, when Virginia lost the last nine games uh, under Mike London, as it is, uh, to finish 2-10 and 10 that year. So, um, yeah, those, those are, those are things that Virginia fans would love to see go away. Um, so, uh, what else, what, maybe some other highlights, just what, what else jumped out at you today from, from talking both with coach Ellie and I know you were able to talk with some players at, in the afternoon as well.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, the, the gist of it was that, you know, they're, they're still going to fight and they're, they're trying to keep the players spirits up. And, and I think the player's seem to have pretty good attitudes from what everything I gathered. Um he was asked about Calandria and what you know, even though he didn't play against BC, um Tony Yelly was talking about, well we 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 know what we're working with now. We know what he can do. He's gotten some really good experience. Um I'm sure Musket will start against William and Mary and and um you know, I, I'm I'm sure that they want to give him as many reps as they can because he's still trying to develop as a starting quarterback as well. But um if it should he hit a snag, I was a little surprised, Chris, that in a way that they didn't put him, the Calandria, in at some point during the second half at BC just to try to get something going because they. I think their uh their ser- offensive series in the second half was something like a uh, punt interception field goal punt 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 or something something to of that of that nature. So, I thought that at some point they might give Calandria a shot to just try to move the change and put another touchdown on the board. Uh, but I I also see the coaching side of it to where, uh, if you jerk musket out, uh, does that destroy his confidence um so there's two sides to that coin and and that could be the case this weekend too if if he's struggling a little bit do you go with Calandria and try to get something going or and risk uh musket losing his confidence or 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 you know it's a little bit of a dilemma for coaching staff but at this point I think uh, you're so desperate for a win I think you got to do what's good for the team in terms of trying to win a football game and not worry about hurting somebody's feelings.
0: That is a tough one. I think that, uh, you know, as well as Calandria played uh, the interception issues aside, he averaged over 300 yards a game as a starting quarterback. Yeah. Once you take him out and and put, you know, musket back in there, it's, it kind of does make it a little tough uh, to, to make the moves that you might otherwise make if, if you, if you could make them. So, um nick saban doesn't have any problem jerking up <laughs> well but nick saban's nick saban too yeah you're right though you're right yeah, about you're, that
1: it hurts your feelings or not you grow yeah. up right
0: i guess bill belichick this past weekend had to had to take his guy out uh mac jones uh because he wasn't playing well so yeah that's right uh the guys like that will will definitely do Hi, that it's jonathan cotton with the good feet store as a lifelong runner the pain in my feet was debilitating finally i went into the good feet store and found the answer personally fit art supports. They helped me so much, I ran my first marathon that year. Then because I believed in the Goodfeet system so much, I bought the store. I'm so happy to offer my hometown community the opportunity to find relief from foot, knee, and back pain. The Goodfeet store is located in the shops at Stonefield near Trader Joe's. Book your appointment today at goodfeet.com. Hey, this is Thomas Q. Jones, former UVA All-American running back and you're listening to The Jerry Ratcliffe Show. Wahoo wah. There used to be uh, Vegas websites that would show you odds for games involving FBS versus FCS. They don't exist anymore. I tried, man. I, tried. I looked at yeah. – I spent at least an hour trying to find odds for this game. No odds. Uh, the only thing I could find was that, that resembled anything like that, the ESPN Football Power Index – Gives Virginia an eighty five point five percent chance of winning this game. So um, take that for what you will. Uh, that probably would translate to somewhere seven, eight, nine points, maybe uh, if if you were putting Vegas numbers on that. Uh, but you know, what do you think happens this weekend?
1: Yeah, I, I would I would think Virginia would probably be favored by like six and a half. If I'm not a bookie or a, <laughs> or an odds maker, but uh, if I were labeling this game, it's probably what I would put down on it. Uh, and uh, yeah, you're right. They, they you can't find those those kind of numbers anymore. I don't think they they put them out. I'm sure some back alley places you could probably find a bet on this game if you if you were so desired. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, I think Virginia's finally going to break into the win column this weekend. Um, I, I think the fact that William and Mary went down to Elon and and uh lost and uh uh you know went out got out to a 14 to nothing lead and couldn't score again and ran out of downs at the 12yard line because the uh, the passing game was a little inept um I think that weighs in Virginia's favor I, and as as even though they rushed for 300 yards on Elon I I don't I don't know that they'll have that kind of rushing success against Virginia. I, th- I think that's something that Famui and, and those guys uh, talk about having some pride in. And even though B.C. kind of shredded them with over 200 yards rushing, I think they'll probably get their act together this week and and pull out a win. And uh, couldn't come at a better time.
0: And,
1: uh, yeah, and just uh, other thoughts uh, – I think uh, you know uh, it'll be interesting to see if Virginia can exploit William and Mary throwing the ball a little bit because um, Malik Washington and and, uh, and uh, Fields have turned into a, a pretty good tandem in receivers. I think they're in the top ten in the country in in terms of uh, receiving tandems, and uh, Washington is really doing well i mean he's he's sixth in the country in receiving yards seventh in uh receiving yards per game and ninth in receiving uh per uh catch or something but uh anyways um that's pretty good and fields is in the uh top 50 in a couple of categories mm-hmm. I'm, I'm supposed to talk to him tomorrow uh homegrown talent and uh it's really great to see malachi having a, a great season but that that's something I'm, I'm sure Mike London is concerned with uh, those two receivers. Uh, if Virginia could develop one more guy uh, as as far as a receiving target, I, I think it would make them even more dangerous. And I know they're trying to find somebody. So maybe can, somebody can step up this week against uh, the tribe.
0: And I, I've been writing this for weeks. I'd love to see them finally establish a running game. Just, yeah. just this could be the opportunity to do that.
1: Possibly so. I mean, uh, again, it, uh, I'm sure William and Mary has been studying the films of the games and will probably load the box as well. It's just a matter of whether uh, Musket can loosen up the defense with some passing. And uh, I don't know that he'll have the play action available to him unless they can get some running done early. But maybe he can do some things to get the ball to – Washington out uh, on some short or mid-range passes. He's really good with the ball in his hands and can make stuff happen once he catches it. Uh, Maybe throw it to the backs a little bit and uh, make the defense back off a little bit in terms of some of the linebackers and safeties where they won't be crowding the box and maybe open up a, a running lane or two.
0: Well, I think we reached the point where we're going to talk about uh, the advertisers who bring this to uh, the viewers and the listeners out there. But before we do that, one thing I always say that Jerry Ratcliffe doesn't do well. Jerry Ratcliffe does not brag about himself enough, so I'm going to do it here for him. Uh, If you're listening to this, and I know a lot of folks listen, uh, watch, um, quite a few of you who do are, are business owners um here's some numbers for you that if you're thinking about advertising you know putting your money out somewhere all these different places you can put it jerry's website gets a million page views a year a million one over one million was 1.1 last year we're on pace for 1.2 this year that's a lot of people it's a lot of eyeballs so um uh keep that in mind it's you know if you're if you support jerry help bring this show, help bring the website, all the content there to people for free. Uh you get access to that million plus uh a year. So um Jerry, uh, now that I've laid the groundwork there for you, let's thank the folks <laughs> thank <you>. who <laughs> let's thank let's thank the folks who who are already on board and help uh you know bring this show uh to folks free of charge.
1: Yeah and uh I'll I'll will also point out that we monitor daily the number of, uh, clicks on our, uh, advertisers ads. And, and, uh, people are looking at your ads. I, I can guarantee you that They're, they come up with every story that, uh, pops up on our website and we post several stories every day, 365 pretty much. So, uh, your business will get noticed on, on our website for sure. Um, But we would like to thank the Aberdeen Barn, Virginia's finest steakhouse, for their support. Uh, Great meal, great atmosphere, uh, great people. It's consistently run this place since the 60s and 70s when it opened up on Holiday Drive. I think it is over there right off 29 at the uh, 250 bypass. And um, I love going to that place. I, I think every Wahoo does. Uh, that I've ever known, and uh, you can't beat it. So, uh, if you're in town Friday night for the Saturday early Saturday game, uh, go by and see Angela and Terry. Uh, get great service, great food, um, and if you're not here Friday night, go there after after the game Saturday and and grab a steak, uh, lobster, or whatever. Uh, you can't go wrong. Also, the Good Feet Store in Stonefield, right across the street from the movie theater. Uh, Jonathan Cotton owns the company. Um, They're the official art support system of UVA Athletics, and um, they do some stuff with the NIL and and, uh, do some other cool booster things and promotional things for UVA football and basketball. And I have athletes signed up in golf and, and, uh, others, other sports too. So, um, great art supports for your feet. I know I've, uh, I'm, I'm, a customer and, uh, all my walking, I don't run anymore, but I used to, uh, but I do walk and, uh, it, it, uh, has cleared up any problems I've had. So owe it to yourself to drop by and see those folks. And of course, roback uh, Show my little doggy logo here, even though Ed Orgeron tried to talk him into going with a the tiger. Uh, <laughs> they're sticking with their dog, and I I'll, I'll, I'll love them. Um, great active wear. You can uh, play sports in it. You can go to parties in it and go out to dinner in it. Uh, just lounge around in it. They have a men's line, a women's line, and they have some UVA-specific. Uh, designs uh, in some of their polo shirts and other wear for you so uh, check their ad out on our website as well and click on it get a nice discount on your first order it helps us out and it helps a local growing company out Uh, uva people own it and um, it helps us all out all around so uh, thank all those great sponsors for their support and the people on our website as well
0: That's right, jerryratcliffe.com for more UVA sports. There's also some UVA sports news on AugustaFreePress.com. For Jerry Ratcliffe, the Hall of Famer, I am Chris Graham signing off. Everyone have a great week.